Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I'm Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Lorenzo Hill from Vonage join us. Lorenzo, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. Thank you for that, Shauna. As you mentioned, my name is Lorenzo Hill, and I am a sales enablement a professional at Vonage currently. Uh, if you don't know Vonage, we are a cloud-based communication platform provider, recently acquired by Ericsson, like the largest 5G provider in the galaxy. I got my sales career started back in 2006, many, many moons ago. I worked as a publishing rep, so I sold textbooks to college professors. Did that for about 10 years, and then uh, the company I was with launched a program called the Regional Rep Trainer, which is reps who were top performers could also take on a role, additional role of onboarding or assisting with the onboarding of new hires. And so I got my feet wet in training and enablement in that role. I did that for a few years and then officially became the full trainer for that organization. And that was about 2017. So I've been in training and enablement since that time. Um, And so that's kind of where I am today. Well, we're excited to have you here. And, you know, you talked a little bit about your background, um, particularly around kind of sales and sales training programs. What are some of your best practices to ensure that you develop and deliver, you know, really engaging training content? Sure. Speaking of content, as far as actual delivery of the content, I would say the number one best practice for me is to ensure that I am um, considering the attendees experience. Uh, As with adult learners, you may know, they come with a lot of experience. And if you don't leverage that experience or allow allow them to utilize and share that experience, there may be a little bit of resentment. There may be a little bit of closed-mindedness, which will can derail any sort of training. So I always try to incorporate the learner's experience. Hey, this is how we do it, but tell me how you used to do it. And I think that opens the door uh, for a great, engaging training session. As far as the actual development of the content, it's really just a matter of, you know, finding out what the the main purpose or the goal of the training is, what the content is supposed to do. Is it a an instructional training? Is it a behavior change training? Uh, so those different types of, of goals can have an impact on the type of training or the type of content that we develop. Mm, absolutely. And, and, and oftentimes, behavior change is one of those goals, I would imagine. And driving that behavior change, though, especially through training, can can take some time and some effort. What are some of the obstacles that you've encountered that can prevent behavior change? Oh, there are no obstacles. <laughs> totally, totally kidding. Wouldn't that be wonderful? No, it, it goes back to the old saying, um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And so a lot of times you can deliver the most impactful, engaging training uh, around. And everyone, you know, is high-fiving. They're giving you high marks on the post survey. And then they go right back 
to the same exact behaviors without any changes. And so really trying to instill the importance of the change, why the change is necessary, I think really sometimes, sometimes can open the eyes of the attendees and really help them to focus on why this change is needed. Another obstacle is just reinforcement after the training has taken place. Um, so that's where we have to leverage our sales leaders a lot because once they leave the training room, they're, you know, in the hands of the managers and, and the leaders. And so we have to really have them on board hand in hand with us to reinforce that training so that we can see that, that behavior change. If that's not in lockstep together, then you're, to be put it bluntly, you're kind of spinning your wheels or wasting your time. One of the challenges I also want to touch on is sometimes as sales enablement, we have too many tools, too many resources. And the last thing that we want to do as sales enablement is to take the sales teams away from selling. Our job is to obviously make it easier, make it more efficient for the sellers to sell. And so sometimes having all these tools can sometimes get in the way. And so I think the number one job, one of the number one jobs a sales enablement team can do is to ensure that the tools and resources are easy to find. At Vonage, we have uh, what we call a confluence page where it's like a Wikipedia page. You can go to this site and enter whatever information you're looking for and you'll find a list of, of resources that you can use that relate to that, that topic. Uh, the other part of that is as you probably know, information processes are constantly evolving and changing. And so be sure that you are rotating the stock, I like to say. You know, if you have old documents, old resources, and you update them, get the old ones out of there so that the reps aren't trying to figure out which one is the most current, which one has the most accurate information. Just little things like that, I think, can, can add uh, to the efficiency of what the reps are trying to do. Mm. And and how have you gone about maybe overcoming some of those challenges though to ensure that the behavior change kind of really takes hold post-training? Sure. So I, I love this question because this is something I've really tried to bring light to in our advantage. You know, how can we ensure that, you know, the, the change, the behavior change is taking place once training happens. Uh, the first thing is to, like I mentioned before, be in lockstep with the leaders. Um, and I do that by the leaders that I support. They have weekly team meetings. Um, so I try to commit to at least two of those per month. That way it does a couple of things. It allows me to be in step with the team. What are some of the team's concerns? What are they, what's top of mind for them? So I'm able to hear those concerns firsthand. And then I'm also able to reinforce some of the initiatives and the trainings that we've offered or will soon be offering. Um, and just to have that team together to be able to share that with them in that, in that environment uh, sometimes reinforces uh, some of the changes that we're trying to make. Absolutely. Now, you've talked a little bit about partnering with, with leadership. How, how do you go about, I'd love some, some really practical advice for our audience. How do you partner with sales managers and leaders to reinforce behavior change? 
Uh, really, it's like I mentioned, you know, attending their meetings, making them feel as if I am a part of the team, I'm a resource they can leverage if they need, you know, any sort of sales enablement from tools, resources to coaching. You know, I, I want to make myself available to that team. Uh, additionally, I think um, having the managers or the leaders involved in the development of any sort of initiatives or any strategies, you know, what, what do they think the team needs? I think sometimes as sales enablement, we can, you know, sort of put the cart before the horse um, and that we, we think we know what the team needs. We think we know when they need it. And sometimes the manager or the leader has a little better understanding of, of that information. So I think it's really important to keep the leaders in the loop on any future or current initiatives that will be presented to their teams. Mm, absolutely. And I think the other reason it's important for frontline managers to stay involved is, is the coaching element. From your perspective, what role does coaching play in driving behavior change? And, and what are some ways that you've designed coaching programs to optimize behavior change? Well, you hit on something that's a, a sensitive subject for me. <laughs> Just because of bandwidth, we we aren't able to get as involved in the coaching aspect that I, as I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you know, two of us that support the Americas and we have, you know, seven or 800 reps. I may be understating that if we count some of the like SDRs and BDRs. And so there's just not enough of us to go to go around to provide that, that more intimate coaching, if you will. We do offer group call coaching where we'll pull together teams and listen to recorded calls and have each, you know, the reps provide, the sellers provide feedback to each other. We get a lot of positive uh, feedback um, from that, from that exercise and activity. But just as far as like being able to coach as, as I see coaching, just not able to do it in that capacity right now. So with that being said, always open to, to ideas or, or strategies for that can sort of duplicate uh or clone us as sales enablement so that we can be in more places to, to provide those services. To that fact, coaching for us really falls back on the leaders. And so we've developed a, a coaching plan or coaching strategies for the leaders that they all went through that, you know, that basically showed them the principles of coaching, what is the most effective coaching style or strategies and tactics and so every manager went through that training. I think that's fantastic. And that is absolutely the best place to start. And a cloning machine would be nice these days, it seems. For some of us. <laughs> For some of us. Now, to close, can you share how you track if behavior is changing and maybe you know some of the key metrics that you're measuring for this particular aspect? Sure. So the first step in, in measurement is... Or, or what we call our NPS surveys. Uh, we hand those out, distribute those after every session, workshop, what have you. And we take the, the feedback from those uh, surveys very seriously. We're always looking for ways to improve, not only you know improve the sales team, but to improve ourselves as well. So we take that feedback, constructive or however, and we, we adjust accordingly. In addition to the surveys, 
again, I'm always in front of the managers and I'm asking, you know, what, what, what's going on? What do we need? Sometimes it's something such as sales pipeline cleanup. And so we'll, we'll look at that for a few weeks, uh, offer some content to kind of provide suggestions on how to maintain a healthy, clean pipeline. And then we'll just look at that over the next few weeks, like I said, to see if it is improving. If not, we'll do some remediation. Usually, you know, with the help of the managers and the leaders, those types of things usually correct themselves after one or two interactions with with the sales teams. Other than that, it, it is kind of hard to measure some of the changes that, that you're trying to instill or, or identify. But yeah, like I said, the surveys are the main resource that we use. Fantastic. Well, Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us to talk about how you're approaching behavior change at Vonage. I really appreciate the time. I appreciate you having me. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.